Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, including Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is right here in Tallahassee, Florida, Teresa Gunder. She is the Director of Athletics at Amos P. Godby High School. Teresa, thanks for being on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. I just wanna take this moment, Jake, to say, um, I am so excited and I'm happy that you actually gave, or you're giving us a platform like this. I've watched several of your podcasts and I learned a lot from different ADs across the United States. So I wanna say thank you for giving us this opportunity. Oh gosh, well, I appreciate that shout out. Uh, we're excited to hear what, what's going on at Godby High School, <laughs> uh, again, here in the Panhandle. So uh, we always like to let our uh, listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and as I like to say, uh, how a love of athletics led to this position in athletic administration. Sure, well, let's go way on, way back when, no, just kidding. Um, I started in a small town in Duval County. You probably know where it is. It's called Baldwin, Florida. Um, <laughs> to let you know how small it is, my senior class was a large number of 52. So it was a very small high school. Um, in that high school, I had the opportunity to play multiple sports because we were sixth through 12th grade. So there wasn't a lot of folks trying out for different things, especially with the female uh, sports. So I was a volleyball player. Then I went to basketball. Then I did track slash uh, softball. And that was from seventh grade all the way through my 12th grade year. Uh, so during my 12th grade year, I decided at that point, you know what, I want to go to school. I really don't want to do an, uh, athletics, believe it or not, because I was burnt out. I was tired. So I chose to go to Florida A&M University on an academic scholarship. I did go to Coach Farmer at that time. Let me tell you how that's going to come back. So remember that name, Coach Farmer, um, to play basketball as a walk-on because I was like, you know what, I can do this. But then I didn't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning, didn't want to do two days. So I was like, you know, let me just be happy with uh, being an athlete here, uh, not being an athlete, being academically inclined here at Florida a and And so I decided to, to do that. And believe it or not, I decided to go be a lawyer um, only because I love a challenge. I love to debate. 
I love to argue, debate and argue are two different things. Mm -hmm. And I love to always be right and to persuade people that I'm right. So um, I decided to do take political science, but then I went back home to a high school game and I saw my principal there who, who was the new principal for the first year. And she said, hey, hey, Teresa, how are you doing? I heard great things about you and tell her, well, I'm doing fine. Yeah, I'm just a college kid doing, living a college life. She's like, you know what? It's gonna be hard for you to find a job when you graduate. I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm going to be a lawyer. She's like, you should go into education. I was like, okay. And she's like, if you go into education, I'll make sure you have a job when you come back. So all I heard was job when you graduate. And ding, 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 went back, talked to my advisor, said, I want to get a minor in secondary education. And um, I got a minor in secondary education. And at the end of my collegiate career, I had two paths. I can go to um, politics in Tallahassee or go to a school and intern. Uh, and I decided to go to intern at a school, middle school. And that's when the love of coaching, the love of playing behind the scenes, that's when the, the seed was planted. And so that's how I get my roots with the athletic side and the coaching side. So I coached at that middle school for three years. I coached the basketball team, coached the softball team. Um, <laughs> it, here's what's funny. I got a degree, not a degree. I went back to get my certification in math, six through ninth, because they didn't have math teachers. It was a shortage at that time. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna go do math. So I did math and I started, loved to uh, teach math, loved it. So there I was teaching math. Um, and then some of your, your listeners or viewers can adhere to this, especially the women. I got struck by the bug of marriage and having kids. <laughs> and so that dream of always having, you know, the kids, the dog and the white picket fence, that was me. And so I took a detour. I didn't stop. I didn't say I'm done with that. I took a detour and decided to raise my three beautiful girls. I got married, you know, and did all those things. So it took me out of coaching because you have to put a lot of time in coaching if you really want to make sure that your program is successful, not only on paper, but actually for the young ladies or the young men that you're coaching. And I could not give that to them because I didn't want to cheat my family. Uh, but I got, I went behind the scenes and became a middle school athletic director and started doing things that way. And then um, as time is moving, I think I told you, I don't like to be stagnant because I like a challenge. So I left the school system, the schools, and went to the district office in instructional technology. So, <laughs> wow. which I got my master's in curriculum instruction and technology. So I'm like all over the place. You look at my resume, you're like, what in the world is going on? How does she become an athletic director of a high school? So um, I did all of that. And to kind of make this very, very short, because I have a long story of where I am and how I got here, but to kind of condense it so we can have more fun with other questions. Um, I decided um, I want to go to high school because I've been in middle school and district office. And I said, I want to go to high school a little bit. And I got a call from Shelly Bell, who was the principal at the time, who said, hey, can you come teach Algebra 1 and be the dean of students? Okay, you know, that's admin, that's leadership. Let's take that. And so I did it. And I came here and I rocked and I rolled being the dean and being a math teacher. Then I became the math department head. Then the football coach came to me and said, can you be academic coordinator? Can you make sure 
my athletes the grades are straight and clearing house. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Never knew how to do any of that. Jumped in. I learned it. And then <laughs> um, guidance counselor position came up. And guess who said, I'll do it. So I went into guidance counseling for two years. I was junior guidance counselor. And then our, our, our previous AD decided she got struck by the bug. She was younger. She got married, had kids and said, you know, I want to spend time. That was the door that opened for me to be Godby's athletic director. And so here am I. <laughs> I always love uh, hearing the stories and uh, some of the things that you mentioned, uh, you know, there's a difference between arguing and debating. Uh, I remember having that discussion with my teenage daughter a hundred years ago. Uh, and uh, I too started out at the middle school level and just, just loved it. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but uh, that's a different breed of animal oh, gosh, at yeah. the middle school level. So all those things that you did, all those experiences, I'm, I'm going to say from my perch, um, probably prepared you in, in no other better way to become an athletic director. You're absolutely right. And I, and I tell people this all the time. Um, you shouldn't want to be one dimensional. You know, you shouldn't want to kind of get in this little uh, same playing of a record. Just just replay, replay, replay. You need to mix it up a little bit. You know how to have the mixtapes, you know, that's way back in my day, had the mixtapes and everything is different. That's what you want. You want your professional career to be kind of mix up, change it up a little bit because every experience prepared me for the one that came after it. Um, so I, I have no regrets. Um, one wasn't better than the other one. They all kind of helped me um, be the person I am. And I gave back to the profession, uh, whatever job I was in, I gave 100% uh, to kind of keep moving on. And I always tell everybody that I work with, speak with, have a conversation with, you should always pay it forward. So whatever experiences you had, whatever you went through, if it's your testimony, if it's you picking somebody up, if, if it's you saying, hey, you're doing it the wrong way, always pay it forward from what you've learned from the experiences in the past. So you're absolutely right. It did help me where I am now. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I can just imagine. Uh, um, Teresa, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and, and mentoring that next generation. So I'm curious, who were some of your mentors, either maybe teachers or coaches you had growing up or people that you might have worked with or worked for? Uh, whose voice do you still hear in your head uh, when, you're, uh, when you're talking to kids or coaches? Um, one special lady, um, I lost her this year. That was my grandmother. Um, she, she raised me. My mom was uh, in the military. She decided to, you know, I want to go military. My grandma said, I don't care what you decide to do. You're not taking that little baby with you all over this country. So bring her to me. And so my grandmother raised me from a little bitty baby, but she was up in age. Um, and so her youngest child, which is my aunt, um, she had to do all the ripping and running and making sure I had this, making sure I did that. So she was like the motherly figure. And then my grandmother was the grandmother, but I come from an extended family. Um, so my grandmother, and like I said, I just lost her this, uh, well, not this year, it feels like this year, but last year, she was 109. So um, 109, she was the oldest living citizen in Baldwin, where we grew up. And I can hear her voice every time I am doing something, every decision I have to make, I can hear her say, that's my little Rita. I know you're going to do what's best for you. So Rita is my nickname, by the way. 
So I know you're going to do what's best for you. So you keep moving. And um, so she's one with my personal and my professional life. She's that little person that sits here and she's like, you can do it. You can do it. There's nothing too hard. When you were a little girl, I used to da 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 da. And so I moved from there. Uh, but in every job experience, coaching experience that I've had, I am always looking for someone to look up to, someone that I can take something from. Um, so I've had my, my high school coach, who was also my basketball coach, my volleyball coach, <laughs> my softball coach, because there's always that one coach that does everything, coach him. He also kind of helped me and, and, and kind of like mold me into that, that student athlete that I am today to kind of push me for it. He kind of gave me some things on how to coach and also how not to coach because you know, when you have a leader, sometimes they can show you what to do well and what not to do. <laughs> so um, I do um, it's, I, I do appreciate that. All the principles I came up under, I can't name them all because I don't want to leave someone out because I've been under a lot of them. The coaches that I coached against, um, you always want to see, well, what are they doing? How do they get this? So a lot of people have influenced me in my lifetime. I, I can't just say one in particular in my professional life, uh, but my grandmother, she is number uno. She is number one up there. That, that's the voice I always hear. I do want to give a shout out to my current principal, Mr. Desmond Cole, because he's the one who came to me about this position. And he said, you would be the, pers the perfect person for it. And, uh, but he said, I want you to do one thing. I want you to go pray on it. He said, I want, before you make a decision, I need for you to go pray on it, make sure that it is okay. And then you come back. I knew in my heart, yes, <laughs> I want to do it. What are you talking about? It's, it's sports. And then it's, it's getting me away from this. Yeah, I want to do it. But I did just that. I went and I prayed and uh, made the decision. And uh, he has been with me a hundred percent. I don't want to say he's been behind me. I can't say he's been in front of me. He has been directly beside me, um, helping me through this process uh, as athletic director. That's it's just so cool to hear again the, your family, your faith, and uh, and again, you know, as an AD and with your career, you can't be successful in any role if that person above, you know, that leader is not supporting you. And you know, great. Uh, uh, description there, right alongside of you, not yeah. in front, not behind. I love it. Okay, uh, Teresa, you um, uh, came out of a, a very um, tradition-rich, you know, athletic program as a student. Uh, you've certainly been exposed to a lot of quality programs up there in the Panhandle. Um, now I want you to brag a little bit uh, on Godby. Um, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is share this idea of best practices. So what are a couple of things that when you look at your program from afar that you can say with equal parts, uh, pride and uh, humility, boy, <laughs> we do this better than anybody. We really do a great job at this. You know, what are a couple of best practices you can share from Godby? Okay. So when I took on this particular um, job, and I'm just two years in. Okay, this is, I'm, I'm a baby. This is my, I'm just starting out. Um, but I have inherited the family support, the love that um, Gabi has for everybody, not just here in the school, but the community. So what we do, I think that is great, is we involve, involve our alumni. 
you know, and we don't involve them in such a way because some schools you can have where the alumni runs the sports department. You know what I'm saying? They're going to run the football. They're going to run the basketball. They're going to run the track. We don't have that. Our alumni, they want to come in and they want to help. Um, even the alumni of our cheerleader, you know, they want to come. How can I give back? What can I do to help with this particular program? So um, having that partnership with alumni where they're not dictating to us, but they are actually helping us become bigger and better is one thing that I take pride in. The other thing that I take pride on is the community. You know, those who are not alumni, those who just live in the community, in the area, and they sit here and say, oh, look at God, because we have a community track. Um, you know, back in the day when I was growing up, quite sure when you were growing up, the track, the tennis courts, all that was open to the public to come in at high schools to just play and do whatever you want to. And because of the times and because of safety, you know, a lot of schools started locking those up. But here at Godby, we kept it open. My, my principal said, we're a community track. So uh, seeing the community come out, even during the pandemic, and of course they, they followed protocol, they had their mask on, you know, they were six feet apart. They were walking. It wasn't like a hundred people on the track. They were coming out during the time. We didn't close our track. You know, although we were not in school and although I got plenty of calls, there's so many people, blah, 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 blah. I thought the schools were closed. They were still out there working and people needed to get out and they needed to exercise. And to hear our community say, thank you for not shutting us out during that time is huge. You know, having older little ladies and men call and say, you have the athletic director, the gate was locked. I need to get my exercise in. Oh, don't, no worries. I'll come and unlock it for you, Miss Smith, so that you can get your exercise in. That's huge. So um, like I said, alumni, the community, and then now I'm gonna go inside the school, the staff. Oh my gosh. The staff support here, and I know every school says, oh, our staff is the best. Oh, we do that. Listen, let me tell you, the Gabby staff here, they will adopt the kids so quick. They will come to the football games, the basketball games, and they will have on shirts and they will have pom-poms and they will be the loudest cheerleader for our kids. That's huge in a program. You know, a best practices, you have to make sure that you are open and that you're not closed within your program. It is just you, the coaches, and your athletes. No one else can participate. And that's not what we do. So we definitely want to practice having those partnerships, those relationships with our staff, with the community, with our alumni, so that we can become a bigger, better sports program together. Now, I've been to a number of events there, Gabby, and I can attest to that. You know, great spirit in the bleachers, which obviously you're fostering, and then the, uh, the alumni in the community, boy, having all three of those, you know, oh, yeah. that is great. Hey. Um, we're coming up uh, to our listeners. We're recording this episode on March 10th. So um, it's uh, about as close to being live as we get here on the podcast, but uh, we're coming up on one year of uh, the C word, COVID. And oh, uh, we've been sharing, um, the other athletic directors have been sharing, you know, what's going on you know, at their school as far as reopening and return to play. So share with our listeners a little bit, you know, we're one year into COVID. What's going on in Tallahassee? What's happening at Godby High School? Uh, not just with return to play athletics, but also return to school. Of course. Um, and, and I do want to go back because 
um, like you said, we're coming up on that year and, and everybody was excited about spring break. I'm not gonna lie, I was one like, yeah, we're gonna do it. But we also had the reports and we, we saw the numbers on the television. So it, it was concerning to us. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Oh, we'll be out maybe an extra week for COVID. And then that extra week turned into, we're not going to see the kids. You're not going to see each other. We're done. Stay your butt at home because this is bigger than what we ever expected. And we're in a pandemic. Um, so all of that whole journey kind of shocked me as an educator, but then it shocked our coaches our athletes, our parents, no one knew what was going on. So when you strip all of that away, trying to build that back up in a pandemic was tough. So I want to definitely give a shout out to the superintendent and the task force here in Leon County Schools, because the moment we shut down, they started thinking about what is ahead. We know we got to get back up. We know we got to do things. How is that going to look? And you have to remember for everybody, this was a first. There was no precedent. There was nothing that we could pick and pull from and say, hey, let's do it this way. We had to lean on each other and give those ideas. And the superintendent put this task force together. He had the health officials from Leon County. He had um, principals, he had teachers, he had parents in the community. Let's come together, let's talk this through. One thing, and he brought on the ADs and we had a Zoom in, the one thing, that I can appreciate with him because I'm going to be an educator first. And I tell everybody who plays in our sports program, student comes before athlete. So when we started to, to get back into the group of things, we started with academics first. We put sports, hey, hold off. Yes, the association has stated, you know, they are all in. You can play under these conditions. That's great. But our superintendent said, look, Let's get our kids in first. Let's do two weeks. Let's see how the Digital Academy kids are gonna go, the brick and mortar. Let's see how our parents are going to react with coming back with wearing masks. You know what I'm saying? No water fountains. You know what I'm saying? Wiping down when you go to the bathroom and getting all the spray stuff. Let's see how that is going to go. In classrooms, you have to be six feet apart. Let's try that first before we introduce any sports. And I was one who was like, you're absolutely right. Let them get used to just being in a pandemic back to school first, and then we'll throw in athletics. So that's what we did as um, a school district. We said two weeks, come back to the table. Let's see what's going on. The two weeks looked good. We did have some cases here and there, but it wasn't anything big. And then we started rolling out our fall sports, which included the football and the volleyball. And uh, we, have our, we had our athletic directors meetings and Scott Hansen was very direct on what should happen, when it should happen, who should have, you know, everything. We had stacks and stacks of paper, you know, of, of how it should go. We had this, we had that, we had a plan and that's all you can ask for. And because of that plan, our, our district said, we will not allow anybody to come in <laughs> and play we will not allow you to go out and play. We are in this bubble as much as we can, and we're gonna stay here and do the best that we possibly can. And although we had a lot of upset parents because we limited the um, amount of people who could come to the games. And this was huge for us because I just stated, we are a community-based school. We don't have um, 
parent, we have parents who used to have kids here who still come and support the kids that they don't know. So to tell them, I'm sorry, we're not selling tickets to our community was hard. I mean, I was like, I'm sorry, but that's just what we're doing right now. We have to, we're in a pandemic. They understood that. Um, and so um, we had, we kept going. We were lucky. We were, I shouldn't say lucky because I'm a woman of faith. We were blessed uh, not to have any cases that took our programs down. Our football played every, all six games, I think they had on their schedule. And then the playoffs, our volleyball, same thing. They played all of their games um, and then the district playoffs. So um, we did we did well cross country. No, no cases of COVID that would shut us down. That didn't happen for other high schools, but I want to say it was because we were making sure we were doing everything that we were supposed to do. So we followed the same protocols for the next set, which was our fall sports. Uh, wait, am I going backwards? Fall, winter, sorry. Fall sports and then our winter sports, we followed the same protocols. But now you're getting to the sports that are enclosed our basketball, you know what I'm saying? It was different with football because we're out in the open, it's okay. But now we're enclosing folks and um, it gets a little scarier because, you know, we have a basketball that is being passed by everybody, plus the team, plus the reps, plus, you know, so the chances went up a little bit higher. Um, again, we only had one little case where we had to shut down our whole JV and said, I'm sorry, because we had several cases and we didn't have enough to play. But um, we follow the same protocols. We didn't allow everybody to come in. We only allowed four parents, uh, four family members per athlete to come in. Uh, so we did those things. Our numbers were very, very low in the stands. And that helped. Um, and then in the spring, we came back. And when the numbers started changing and looking good for the, for, for the state, and for the world, and then the vaccine came in, and, and people were still moving, even though we got these different variants of the COVID strand, we were still excited about allowing our spring sports to open up more because they got cheated last year. They didn't get to play, you know, maybe four games at most, and they were done. So the superintendent, along with Scott Hansen, um, and along with the ADs and the principals, we said, we'll loosen up a little bit. And so we allowed them to start going out of the district to play games. And we are allowing districts um, to come in to play games. We kind of put a limit on how far west we can go and how far east we can go, how far south. Uh, we're not crossing over, I'm thinking, to uh, another state. But that was big. Uh, we still have the limit of the amount of people who can come to the games. Uh, but we are kind of lenient with that because all of our sports are outside for the spring. So that was good. So that's what we did as a sports program. And that's what we did as a district. Uh, well, I really appreciate you sharing that. It's, it's great to hear the consistency that your district followed and your schools followed. Uh, and I think you're like me, uh, you know, we're excited that spring sports is going. Uh, but when it's finally over, you know, I think we'll take that uh, collective uh, of sigh of relief that, okay, we, we got that uh, season in and, uh, and now we can move on. Yeah. Now, and nobody wants to go back to last year. And that's what we told no. our, our coaches, you know, Hey, yeah. you know, spring didn't get a sport. You want to make sure you get one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Teresa, uh, when we started these podcasts uh, back in June, the um, events 
uh, in Minneapolis and uh, even in Atlanta, you know, we're still, you know, very much in the news and on everyone's mind. And one of the questions that I've been asking our athletic directors revolves around, you know, the, the theme of, you know, social awareness, you know, social justice. And my question is this, you know, what can we do as athletic directors? Um, what can we do better uh, for our kids, our coaches, our communities uh, in this area of social awareness? Lead by example. You know, um, that to me, all eyes are on you when you're over anything. So when you're over a athletic program, I don't care how big it is or how small it is, they're looking at you to be that example. They're looking at you to say, okay, I'm gonna follow her lead because I trust her or him, um, because I've seen what they are doing and I see their heart and I know that they care. So um, that would be my thing. We, we can't um, say one thing <laughs> in a podcast or in an interview or in a small click and then turn around and do something completely different because then you have the conflicting um, uh, uh, lines of communication going on and people are just not going to trust you. So that's the first thing I think we should do, lead by example. The second thing, we, we're human, okay? Um, so with us being human, we need to show that side. You know, I try as much as I possibly can. I'm just because I have AD or athlete director, or I sit on this committee or I do this right here, I'm still a mother. I'm still an educator. I'm still um, working and doing the best I can in a pandemic. You know what I'm saying? I'm still doing what you're doing. I still have family members who have passed because of COVID. I have um, kids that I've taught that have passed from COVID. So see, you know, allowing people to see that, allowing people to say, oh, she is human. Oh, okay. Now they will start understanding. And like I said, be that example and start following behind you. Those are, in my opinion, the two most important things if we want to, to see um, that change and see people believing and doing. I think that's, that's what we would have to do. Uh, I think you're spot on. I really appreciate you sharing that and sharing your heart. Um, let's lighten things up here a little bit. Um, okay. You know, what, as you, come into God be every morning, you know, what gets you excited? What are you looking forward to? What are your, what's your favorite part about being the athletic director at God be high school? This is going to sound so crazy, but what makes my day is when a student athlete stops in. I don't care what it's for. I don't care if it's to complain about a coach. I don't care if it's just to say, Hey, Miss Gunner, you got some snacks. I don't care to see a student athlete come in and say, Hey, Ms. Gunner, blah, 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 blah. That makes my day because I'm not in the classroom anymore. So I don't get to see the kids. I don't get to say, hey, what's going on with you? What's going on? I'm not in the hallways because emails and phone calls and principal and all everything else have kind of kept me in this little area. So that makes my day, <laughs> believe it or not, just having them. Here's the other crazy thing. Parents calling me and emailing me. That makes my day because now I feel like they're calling me, hey, I have this problem. Hey, what do I need to do to get my kid to play? Or if I'm calling them saying, hey, your kid has this academic issue, we need to straighten it up before they, all of those things, it gets me excited. Having senior parents, can I make an appointment with you? I really need to talk about this clearinghouse. 
yeah, come on in. You know, I clear everything. Yes, are you sure it's okay? Yes, I'm positive it's okay. Doc, hold my calls. I'm in a meeting. Leave me alone. And to sit there to take a student and their parents step by step of how you're going to play in, you know, at the next level and what you need to do. Let's look at his grades. Let's, man, I go crazy over stuff like that. So that's what gets my, my blood pumping. Yeah, I can sit here and say, oh, our whenever our basketball team wins, whenever our, you know, girls flag football team wins, that gets me excited. It does, and it should. Um, but those are the things that really get me moving when I can come in and talk to a kid, talk to a parent about our program and what our program is doing for them and what it will do for them. Even our ninth graders, hey, look, this is what we're going to do for your kid starting now. I need you to help us. Get on board. And we push through. So those are the most exciting things for me. Now, I, I again, I, I just see myself uh, in my office. Uh, so when you're not coaching, you don't have that daily scheduled interaction with the kids. Uh -huh. But as an AD, you know, when that student comes by or and you said parents, I love to talk to parents, yeah. even that, you know, pain in the you know what parent. Yeah, they are. Because uh, it's you, you get a chance to, you know, maybe get them over on your side just a little bit. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the job. And uh, for me, that's the most fun. And obviously it is for you, too. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, Teresa, this has just been uh, so cool getting to know you a little bit, but we're not done yet. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you mentioned that you're, you know, new to athletic administration, but you're certainly not new to the world of athletics. So right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. Okay. What three items are going to go in Teresa Gunner's athletic director toolbox. Okay. So the very first thing is going to be excitement and motivation. Seriously, if, if you're not excited and motivated to be in this position, first of all, you should be excited and motivated because you woke up on this side of the dirt. So that's the first thing that I'm going to say. But when you know that you're the athletic director of any program, um, rather it's like a small Christian school with 200 kids, or if it's a huge school with 5,000 kids and you're the athletic director, you should be excited and motivated about it. So that, that's the, the first thing, they go together. The second thing is um, you're gonna have to have skin that has Teflon on it. Okay, because you're gonna have to learn to let stuff just roll on off because everybody is going to, as the kids say, come for you. You know, they, they're coming for you because you are doing good. If they're not coming for you, you might want to go back to the drawing, you know, page and try to figure some things out. When you're doing good, they're gonna come for you. So that Teflon is going to help you not take it personally. You know what I'm saying? If a parent calls and complain about a coach and my kid this, you have to think that kid, that parent is the advocate for that kid, you know? So you can't blame them now. They may be doing it wrong by calling you every name under the sun, okay? Maybe they need to change how they approach you, but they're the advocate for their kid. So having that Teflon skin to let it roll off, take a deep breath, and then assess the problem, the issue, and move from there, you're going to do great. The third thing is having some type of organizational plan. And let me tell you why. When I took on this job, the previous 
um, AD stayed here and she was the junior guidance counselor, we just flip-flopped. So I could lean back to her and say, hey, what did you do? What is this right here? Um, and she had folders upon folders. Oh, it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. She was very organized. And I was like, wow, let me get organized. So having an organizational plan is going to help you tremendously making sure that I have a calendar for this. I said I would never have a paper calendar because technology is crazy. Uh, uh, hello, I have a paper calendar right here. That's just part of my organizational plan. Um, emails, you know, having a plan with emails. I come in one hour, I devote to answering emails and returning phone calls. That's in my plan. Um, and then I stick to the plan. You know, yes, you may have some things where you can't, you can't stick to it, but stick to it as much as you possibly can. Because if you start flying away, oh, I'll get to that later, you're going to get behind and you're going to find yourself um, without the Teflon skin because it's going to melt away. And then you're going to find yourself saying, why the heck did I take this job? This is too much for me. I don't think I'm the right person. You start doubting yourself. So make sure you have that organizational plan. You have that Teflon skin. You have that motivation and excitement um, so that you can move on. What, I, and you said three things. So um, those are my three things. But I want to tell a new athletic director, find something that no one else is doing. And then you do it. What in the world does that mean? That's so vague. It doesn't matter. Find something that someone else isn't doing and do it well. Now, someone in Arizona may be doing it, but you don't know them. So that doesn't count. So I'm saying for the schools around you here in Leon County, find something that no one else is doing it, doing, and then say, you know what? I am going to do it. Let's do it. It could be starting a program. It could be um, making sure that you have checkpoints. I don't know, whatever it is, start it because that's going to be your legacy. That's going to be your seed that you planted to leave for someone else. And that's how you start this, this chain of legacy that lasts, not just while you're in place, but for the next person who's in place and the next person who's in place. So they can continually build and build something in your program. I do want to say this um, because I, I, and I know we, we don't want to end in a, in a bad note. And I prom promise you, I will just explode with something great. But um, I am thinking really hard to try to find something new. And I wanted to do it before my first year, but then, you know, COVID hit and stuff went out the window. But we lose a lot of our kids when we send them off to college. A lot of our student athletes, we send them off to colleges, more so our big football boys, you know, they're big babies and we feel like they can take care of themselves. And so we, we give them to that D1 school or D2 school or JUCO and we say, take care of our babies. And then we get ready for the next batch. I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I, I thought about why don't we have some type of connection, high school connection where we send care baskets. We have a hotline or a telephone number, something where if they just need to talk, they can call us and they can talk to us and we can just encourage them. If every Wednesday we get a Zoom meeting and we say, hey, just Zoom in right now when you have time and they can talk to not only me, but all of the other athletes at our different schools, just to give them that sense of they didn't forget about me. And I will say what made me really think about this and, and you may know Jordan Wiggins um, in Georgia Southern. He was one of our babies. 
And um, he was one that I was hugging and smiling and excited that he was going to Georgia Southern and he was up here. He lost his mom during his senior year. And everybody stepped in, everybody stepped in with him. And we were there for him. You know, the coaches grabbed him. We encouraged him, let's go, you can do this. He did well. He went over to Georgia Southern. The coaches were talking about him. And we got that dreadful call. You know, that dreadful call that he committed suicide. What? Very smart kid. What's going on? And, it, and I thought about it as a guidance counselor. We dropped him into this place without any of the support system that we had given him so much his senior year when he lost his mom. We let we dropped the ball. And so I don't want to drop the ball anymore. I don't want to do it. I want to be there for those kids regardless some are going to do fine we have a lot who are doing great and they have a great family support system but they are with us believe it or not a long time and they're with us during school they're with us after practice during games why are we leaving these babies so that's one thing that i am going to start back it's a care package i'm going to give them lines where they can call they can talk to me they can talk to old teachers they can talk to old guidance counselors and we're just going to have a party for those kids to make sure that they know that they're not alone. So um, I just wanted to give a plug for that because I do know that it's happening a lot. And um, I'm gonna, that's something I'm going to start up. And, and my principal has already okayed it. So I'm excited about that. And we're going to move forward for that. So that's the, the happy thing that's going to happen. We're going to do it at Gabby. That's something no one around here is doing. So they better not steal it if they watch this podcast. Well, I, first of all, what a great, great idea. You know, we all do these signing ceremonies and I know at our school, we always say, you know, you're going to be, uh, you know, wherever they're going, you know, you're going to be a Trojan, but you'll always be, you know, a marauder. And yeah. then how often do we follow up on that? So what a great, great idea. And remember, um, athletic directors are notorious and we encourage them to steal those great ideas. So yeah. <laughs> if somebody, even in the the panhandle for me. <laughs> feels that idea. I'll let you get yours going first. But. Teresa Gunner, thank you so much for being on the show. If one of our listeners wants to reach out and connect with you and pick your brain, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Email. Um, email is the best way because remember, I devote an hour in the morning <laughs> for emails. Um, so that, that email is my last name, Gunter, G-U-N-T-E-R hyphen um, Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N-T at leonschools.net. Okay, so Gunter hyphen Jackson T at leonschools.net. That is it. All right, that's pretty good. I've got that email, okay? <laughs> Teresa, thanks again. Uh, to our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are also being uploaded to the FIAAA educational ad youtube channel and uh, until next time thanks for tuning in come back again for another episode of the educational ad all right thank you